0: Hard work pays off, dreams come true, bad times don't last, but bad guys do.
1: Good evening and welcome to the Standards of Greatness podcast. I am your host Evan Jones, aka The Wrestling God.
0: Hola chico, hey yo.
1: Hola. I can't help it, man.
2: I can't help
0: it this week. Uh obviously everybody we know that we're doing we'll be here a couple minutes we the wrestling news. We lost a true legend this week. The great Razor Ramon, Scott
2: Ball, original member of the NWO, the member
1: of the click. Ooh, um He has had such a, so, a touch on the wrestling industry, both on screen and behind screen like he had such a mind for the business and like you could just no one epitomized being a cool bad guy like Razor Ramon or Scott Hall he made being a bad guy cool
0: Uh, I I posted on my Facebook when it when it happened that um, my childhood like personally my childhood would not have been the same Without the bad guy. Yeah. And, you know, and, and not just <clears> because he, you know, of the NWO and stuff, but, like, I mean, Diamond Dallas Page was personally, like,
1: yeah, without. A per-
0: I mean, my hero growing up, and uh, there would have been no Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. Without the Diamond Sun.
1: Exactly. Like, there would have been no Kevin Nash Big Sexy without.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. Like... No Wolfpack. You know, and you think about his relationship with the late, great Kurt Henning. Like, there's just so many. It's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Honestly, you could put Scott Hall in that Kevin Bacon slot, and you could play six degrees of Scott Hall, and you could see his impact on the industry, and you could choose any wrestler, and you'd find a way to to navigate that, and it would work. Yeah, it's some somber news to report. Uh, Scott, we reported a few weeks ago, uh, fell and broke his hip. Due to surgical complications and a blood clot, ended up having multiple heart attacks, was placed on life support, and eventually uh, was taken off of that by his family. It's a very hard decision. I've been in that that position, so I can only imagine what his family and friends are going through. Um,
0: Reading reading the Kevin Nash and Sean Sean Walton tweets,
1: that broke me. That broke me. If I'm being honest, I cried a little bit when I read those. Uh, it, it's just, it, its sad, and you know, it's one of those things where we'll always have a place in here in our hearts and a place in here in our minds to remember him, and his legacy will live on. Um, before we jump into more wrestling news, we're going to have a little bit of an announcement for you guys. So, uh, as you
0: announcement time. <laughs> Sorry, swing. gotta have some fanfare for these kind of things.
1: That's what the editing guys for. <laughs> Um, Announcement time is... So, everyone knows we're doing the e Elite Elite um, Invitational for our wrestling podcast. Uh, at the end of the tournament, uh, we will be changing our format with our show. Um, it's not just going to be about wrestling, but kind of all of nerddom. Um, we both have vast interests beyond just wrestling. Uh, and we're kind of looking forward to bringing some coverage to things like, you know comic books sports gaming there's tons of topics that like we can talk about we won't get into too many specifics beyond that right now but um
0: needless to say a big part of this is actually all because of each and every one of you that's listening each and every one of you that's been uh interacting with us on the facebook page on tiktok everywhere we we love you guys, and we want to do more with you, and ultimately that's what this is going to lead to. You're going to get a lot more interaction with us, and uh, hopefully we can all have a lot more fun together.
1: Exactly. Alrighty, let's jump into wrestling news. Um, this last week on SmackDown had a pretty horrific incident. Um, Ridge Holland dropped Big E on his head. Uh, Big E suffered a... Uh, his neck got broken in a freak incident. Uh, fortunately, yeah. it doesn't require surgery, um, but the former WWE doctors have said that it could lead to the end of Biggie's career. Hopefully, this isn't the case. Um, you know, Biggie was just on; he was just WWE championing not a couple months ago. Like,
0: finally, finally got into the like, and a lot of people thought that he should still be champion going into WrestleMania. I yeah. mean. Yeah, He finally hit that, that point in his career. Everybody was happy for him, and even if he kind of got knocked off the pedestal, he wasn't far from it. You had to imagine he was going to get there again.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to see things like this, you know. Um, there's no word on if there's any heat with Ridge Holland backstage. It was kind of a freak incident. Um, my personal opinion, Ridge Holland is an experienced rugby player. He should know that lifting a man such as Big E's size, there has to be some kind of give and take. I really think this type of thing, for a belly-to-belly, it it has to be perfect because otherwise something like this happens. He shouldn't be on the main roster. I've said this for months now. He should still be at the Performance Center learning. I'm not trying to blame him, but I also am, if that makes sense. Uh, i think ultimately like there's just so much that like he could benefit from
0: i'm i'm not going to blame anyone man like this is a this is a terrible thing and it doesn't matter you can, you can honestly have been working for you know years and years and have an injury like this come up i mean just uh, it can happen with something you've done a million times. that I think the important thing is to focus on <laughs> a Big E and hoping that he is able to make some miraculous John Cena-esque recovery. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine Big E showing up as the number thirty in next year's Royal Rumble? That would be all?
1: that would be fantastic. Um, I hope that's the case. Uh, I will say. I'm gonna be a little bit disappointed if WWE doesn't find a way to like run with this a little bit, and kind of like they did with Owen Hart and Austin. Um,
0: so if Biggie's career is done,
2: yeah.
0: Um, as far as in ring as a wrestler, the dude is an amazing performer, and I think it would be uh, just a complete waste of WWE to have him join the thousands upon thousands of wrestlers they seem to have cut recently. Yeah, And, uh, I would really, you know, Big E, I think he could be a, an amazing um, manager. Yeah. You know? He, he's got you know, the, he you can, can talk. Can Xavier Woods, and bring Xavier Woods on up to the main event level. Yeah. Um, you could put Big E on commentary. I'd listen to Big E on commentary.
1: He's entertaining, like, There's a lot of way they can capitalize on this for him. Hopefully this isn't the end of his career, but I think for him, the best thing he can do is recover and take his time and just come back stronger.
0: I believe that Biggie will recover, and you know why? Because the power of positivity. That's
1: right. I won't knock you for that one for once. Alrighty, so we were off last week. Um, there was some pretty big news from the previous week. Uh, Tony Khan announced um, that he had purchased ROH. Apparently he plans on running as developmental for AEW um, and featuring new stars. There's also been a lot of rumors of him negotiating a deal with HBO Max slash Discovery uh, once their merger happens. So maybe we will get AEW content, maybe things like All In on HBO Max or something like that
0: I still maintain get a weekly show going on, on, a, net, on a network like that where people consume <laughs> the majority of their stuff let people you know just imagine if, if to get caught up you, you're you gonna binge watch you know AEW for 20 hours <laughs> and now you're caught up to everything that you need to you know? <laughs> Makes sense. With streaming, a streaming platform combined with a weekly show, uh, the way they do it like with Disney+, Plus, where you get the new episode every week, mm-hmm. it just makes sense.
1: Yep. Uh, Jay Briscoe is in the news. He apologized once again for making past homophobic comments. Um, a lot of us speculated that the Briscoes might end up in AEW given that they were no longer part of ROH. Um, but apparently a higher up at Warner Media has said flat out that the Briscoes are a no-go uh, because of these past homophobic remarks and racist remarks that they have made. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that there can be some type of redemption for them. The Briscoes are way too talented you know, to, to let them just sit out there on the indies. Um, hopefully maybe they can use them in ROH, build that tag division All up. Right.
0: If they're not going to go to AEW, if they're not going to be in ROH, then, man, yep. I don't care if you don't like tag team wrestling, Vince. These guys are megastars. Like,
1: yeah, I I think the biggest hurdle they'd have there is the Briscoes looking and sound and style. I don't think would fit the WWE mold. Uh,
0: not in the current WWE mold, but nothing in the WWE mold currently is. Uh, Watchable, successful.
1: So, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, this past week, Jeff Hardy made his debut in All Elite Wrestling. Um, I was shocked.
0: I never saw
1: that Oh Where my did god! He
0: come from? I never thought that he would show up <laughs> in AEW ever. I'm just. I was. I was just flabbergasted.
1: Oh my god! I am so shocked. No one could have seen this coming. <laughs> uh. So, <laughs> this was the most obvious thing. Like. The funny thing was, so, the whole segment, Andrade and the Hardy family organization turn on Matt, start beating him down, Sting and Darby come out to try to help him, they get beat down, all of a sudden you hear Jeff Hardy's music hit, and he's, like, dancing to the song, to the Hardy Boys song, while his brother's getting his ass whipped in the ring. Like Okay, wait,
0: wait. wait. Can you blame him? That is my jam, dude. I mean, that,
1: that is a banger. Like, flat out, play it in a club and everybody will go wild. Uh, yeah. And
0: that's why Cardi dresses up like that. He looks like he's in the club.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from a Blade movie. <laughs> uh, former WWE referee Drake Wirtz is in the news. Um, he's currently running for political office. Um, might be in some hot water over alleged campaign finance laws. Um, Apparently might have violated some, allegedly. So uh, we're going to stay tuned to see how this plays out. But um, it was revealed that Oni Lurkin and Matt Riddle had made uh, large contributions to his campaign. Uh, We'll see if they get roped into this. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin responded via video to KO calling him out for Mania. Stone Cold said he's got one last can of whoop-ass to open. Whether it's a match, a fight, a brawl, a show, he doesn't care. He's coming to Mania, so... I don't think we're going to get that match that we all thought we were. Um, it's probably going to be a, a brawl, would be my guess. It's kind of like JBL versus Austin.
0: I keep going back and forth on uh, on this one. I was um, we're and, and and trust me, we're going to be talking about this show later on in the, in the uh, show in the podcast tonight. I was at a wrestling show this past Saturday, talking with a couple of guys. Uh, backstage about mania and i I straight up said you know like i'm not excited about wrestlemania this year
1: i honestly haven't been excited for wrestlemania in probably four or five years truly like everything in the wwe product has become so stale and predictable that like you know there's
0: always been something though there's always been at least something that I've been intrigued by. I've been, yeah. Like, like, at least makes even, you tune in. Even when it was like AJ and, and Undertaker, yeah. which is so far outside the realm of normality that I was like...
1: Huh. Yeah. Huh. There's always something that usually at least makes me tune in or at least watch it the next day, maybe not live. Um, this year, I don't know if I'm going to watch it live. I might just watch when we do a recap. And... I think there's two matches on the card I actually give a shit about. There's a third one that might potentially be good. But beyond that, everything's just mid. It's not WrestleMania anymore, it's WrestleMidia.
0: Yeah. And if this was the card for, you know, Backlash or something, I don't even know if I'd be that excited.
1: I would be fine if this was a SummerSlam. I'm just saying, you know, I would be okay if this was a SummerSlam.
0: They, I don't let, like, uh, the celebrity stuff that's it, being done, I'm not. I will at least they're say they, too, they've managed. They're too, low, they're too low on the card in terms of celebrity to me to be worth a damn. You know, yeah. it's not like when you had Cindy Lauper <laughs> and Mr. T out there.
1: Yeah, like, Logan Paul I could give two shits about, uh, Johnny Knoxville and Sammy Zayn have managed to actually make me a little bit intrigued. They were that third match that I was talking about. Just because of the stunts they pulled on each other over the course of this. It's at least being built as a rivalry and as a feud. Whereas, you know, Logan Paul being at Mania with The Miz, this is just being built because he's Logan Paul and, you know, he's a millionaire, like, YouTuber. Like, I don't give two fucks about Logan Paul. I'm sorry, it's just... Get a yeah. better celebrity.
0: Yeah, and then, and I have a hard time believing that there aren't more celebrities willing to to do something. You know, it's exposure for these for a lot of celebrities, and but you've honestly, and I truly believe this, the luster of W of of WrestleMania. Has been taken away at this point. You've given away the show too many times. Yep. And you know, I remember. uh, I can't. It it was. It was in the early days of WrestleMania. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I remember uh, in between matches. You know, Jesse Ventura goes out, and you have Henry Winkler sitting next to Chuck Norris sitting next to Donald Trump. And it's like that, there's a lot of friggin' star power in those three seats.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I understand celebrities bring eyeballs, and there's a certain level of like, "Ooh, I like the celebrity; I should watch." But like, at what point are you oversaturating it? Like. Well, you've got two celebrity matches on the WrestleMania card. You've got talents being left off the Mania card who are ready to go, fully healed from injuries, and or you just don't have fucking plans for like Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Bailey, um, hell, Elias. What the fuck happened to that guy? Like, I understand the desire for the celebrity appeal. But it's Bullshit. And honestly, I think it's just lazy booking.
0: Well, I think they've done they've done themselves dirty, you know, in their own way. Like, I personally think the Money in the Bank ladder match was better off when it was at WrestleMania and wasn't a pay per view. Exactly. I... Yeah, like, it was more the exciting. Money the, Bank, the Money in the Bank ladder match—that's a spot for what
1: eight? Yeah. Eight right people. There. Oh, hell, they canceled the Andre the ba- Giant Battle Royale, didn't they? Like, that's a spot for 30 people.
2: hmm
1: Like, I understand they made a lot of roster cuts and they barely have 30 people on the roster for each show. But, like... No, no,
0: this is the spot where you give the NXT guys... Their chance. ...the main event exposure, or the main roster exposure. You let them be a part of the Andre the Giant Memorial... Battle Royal. You make it a thing on NXT. You go, okay.
2: You can we win have a
0: spot. Seven spots that NXT has been reserved for this for this Battle Royal, and you make it a whole thing to build up on NXT. You, you, and they fight for those spots. They're coveted because if you get one of those spots, then even though you're on the developmental show, you get to be on WrestleMania.
1: Exactly. Not as an extra. <clears throat> you get to be on Mania. Like, that, that just makes perfect sense. But, like, WWE gets in their own way sometimes to the point where, like, they don't see shit like this. Maybe you should hire us, Vince. Maybe we could save your product.
0: Vince, hire us. I'm telling you. We'll finally make a profit. We'll get.
1: No, 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 no. They're making record profits. It's not the profits that's the problem. They're just not putting out competent wrestling matches anymore. We'll,
0: we'll help you put out competent wrestling content, make wrestling cool again, and bring you more profits.
1: Exactly.
0: Hey.
1: All right, <laughs> and in the final bit of news, uh, WWE 2K22 is hit the shelves. Um, so the initial reviews, fans seem to be really loving the graphics of the game. Uh, but there, there's been a lot of glitches and uh, that the previous games have had before. But also, it seems that a lot of the, the My Journey Rey Mysterio stuff is kind of a little wonky, because you need to complete certain tasks in order to get, like, outfits and all this stuff, and, like, they've had people, like, I, I know a couple people where they've paid to, like, unlock everything, and then they still have to go through and, like, do all this stuff 4K. to get stuff, and it's like, at what at
2: what uh, point is... At what
0: point I'll are you... tell you right now, I'll tell you right now, I didn't buy 2K22, because I'm still you know, kind of pissed off about two K twenty. It was such a terrible game. And that was one of my big bitches from two K twenty. I paid for all my content to be unlocked and then I still have to go through and play through all this crap in order to unlock it. No. I don't want to go through I had go through, you know, I was I was doing ETHED stuff at the time. I didn't want to go through all the the storyline crap. I I was I wasn't using the game for that. And WWE shouldn't be, you know, 2K games shouldn't be expecting people to play any game their way. Exactly. I don't think any, um, you know, we can talk more about this when we start doing the video game content, you know, in a yeah. few weeks. Yeah. But I don't think any game developer should be expecting any person to just play a video game the standard way anymore. Like, people are creative.
1: Well, and then, they do
2: things their
1: you, own way. Your average gamer doesn't have the attention span to actually play through all that shit. Like they're going to get bored and stop caring. Like flat out, there's a bunch of games that I've done that with before. Like it's like, oh, okay, I've got i I've paid for this, but yet I've still got to unlock it. Like may, maybe it's not worth my time.
0: You know, I, I remember that was uh, it was several years ago. It was the Stone Cold Steve Austin. By 2K14, Danger, the one where you went through Austin's career.
1: Yeah, I think it's like 2K14. I, I,
0: I'm am an Austin fan, you know. I, I grew up in the Attitude Era. Like hell yeah, hell oh, yeah. yeah. Let's go. Let's do some stuff with Austin. What? <laughs> but honestly, after you play as just the one character for so many matches in a row, it gets it gets repetitive. It gets boring, and part of the whole reason people want like uh, a robust roster on these games is so you can have you know different matches and, and and play with different people and if you're stuck in that one Rey Mysterio mode it gets Yeah well, redundant.
1: Yeah, well and so one of their recent updates, the patches they did, they removed a bunch of the talent who are no longer with the company, basically saying that like to give you an accurate real-time roster was their justification. So, like, Adam Cole and, like, several others are no longer part of the game that they were. But, like, they've still got Keith Lee and several others within the game. And it's like, make it make fucking sense. Like, do fucking better. Like, you are just... You don't want to pay them any any residuals. Like, that, that's what it is. comes down to. Yeah. <laughs> Jokes um, on them. We can really play that's,
0: it, And that's... It's honestly BS because you always they always keep that crap in the game too. It's not like it's not like you can't make a very accurate Adam Cole if you want to. You know what I mean? Like, remember when CM Punk uh, got you know he left and all of a sudden we had the most accurate CM Punk creator wrestlers ever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, what's funny is is there's a list of banned words within the game, and like apparently CM Punk is one of them. They're not bitter at all. Nah, uh, not bitter at all. Um, not bitter. Oh, uh, a little bit of news just popped across my desk. Uh, apparently, WWE in their uh, counterclaim against MLW's lawsuit, which we mentioned about a month ago, uh, is using evidence that AEW beat them in a head-to-head back in October as a res- uh, to, pro- <laughs> to prove to <laughs> prove it was just a half hour. Remember that half hour that everybody was making a big deal out of. Yeah. They're using that to prove that they don't have a monopolistic uh, pull on the market.
0: Well, I'm confused. I thought that WWE didn't consider AEW competition. Exactly. If, if AEW isn't competition, then how in the hell are are you comparable? I,
1: I think yeah, they're going to have to go on uh, the court record and say that AEW is competition.
0: But yeah, I think that's what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want Vince under oath saying the AEW
1: is competition. Oh, so rich. Well, pal, I don't exactly see him as a competition, but I love it. Big sweaty men and grapefruits. Give me competition.
0: Okay, okay, I'll also be down with uh, Vince in a court of law saying grapefruits.
1: Come on, your honor. It's just my grapefruits.
0: That'd be that'd be like that'd be like the the judge looking at Jerry the King Waller and being like, "Did you tell this woman <laughs> she had <"Yeah>, nice puppies?" <laughs>
1: puppies. Oh my God. Um. Yeah. All right. I hope
0: that there are. I hope that there are little kids watching this and no idea what I'm talking about and going to YouTube.
1: Yeah, I, I don't look forward to the day when when my son figures what, out out the attitude there. Alrighty, uh, moving on to WWE SmackDown results. So uh, we're not going to go through the last two weeks' worth of results. Uh, it's just too much information. You've all seen two-weeks-ago show. We want to discuss our thoughts on this week's. Um, pro moments. Uh, Lesnar chasing Heyman after the, the Madison Square Garden show beat down by Reigns was pretty entertaining. Uh, Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville have actually managed to make me engaged in their feud. Uh, Knoxville actually put Sammy... They managed
0: to make Evan engaged in their feud. I want to clarify that. They don't... He doesn't... Evan doesn't speak for both of us here. I'm not engaged. I'm just clarifying.
1: <coughs> Him putting Sammy's phone number on an airplane is pretty funny. And Sammy getting bombarded by, like, all these calls is pretty funny. Uh,
0: the fact... Yeah, okay. I will say that that is humorous like the bone.
1: Um, Pat McAfee and Austin Theory actually had a pretty entertaining uh, segment Pat McAfee actually beat Theory down after Theory tried to attack him Uh, and then Ricochet versus Sammy had a pretty good match again Uh, Ricochet won the IC title a few weeks ago still not sure if it's being defended at Mania I'm really hoping for like a Scott Hall Memorial ladder match uh, for the IC title that
0: would be cool Never gonna happen. No, that'd, no. Be
2: cool. that'd
0: be cool. The first <laughs> thing that I'd, I'd get excited about. Let, let them have a ladder match and let Sean
2: referee Exactly. It's I, in
1: Texas. Uh, yeah. It's so well, Sean works in Florida now, so he's at the, the performance center all the time.
0: Well, yeah, but his but his home state is Texas. Like, True.
1: <laughs> he doesn't you have, you have bad, bad public.
0: Imagine? Just imagine the amazing backstage WrestleMania moment that you can have when Austin and Michaels come back (laughs) face-to-face.
1: Cons the entire rest of the show. Um, Obviously the Big E situation. Um, There's been a lot of heat publicly on Rich Holland for it from the fans. Um, We've seen Jinder, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Madcap Moss, and a six-man tag match. I, I don't understand what they're doing with Drew McIntyre.
0: Nobody understands, but Drew McIntyre doesn't understand what they're doing with Drew McIntyre. <laughs> he just keeps showing up every week because they give him a paycheck. He's basically this year's Shinsuke Nakamura.
1: Oh no! Oh.
0: that's right. I said it. Let's see if we can get some. Let's see if I can get some heat in the comments.
1: Well, speaking of Shinsuke, so apparently we're getting a. SmackDown men's tag team match between Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs versus the Usos. Yeah, I... Do you guys hear the crickets?
0: I mean, I guess. Why not? The Usos have already faced everybody else in the fucking world, so...
1: I guess, yeah, but like...
0: Except the Briscoes.
1: Uh, okay,
0: can you, okay okay, okay, just a little fantasy book real quick. Can you imagine who saw versus Briscoe's at Mania?
1: Oh man. Tell we, me you would
0: say to watch just that match. like tell me that one match wouldn't make you excited as
1: shit. You know how I'd book it? I'd make it a cinematic match and I'd make it on their North Carolina farm. I think that'd be interesting. Uh now we we apparently have the women's tag team belt match now as a triple threat. Um so I'm just gonna say this. I, I wanted women's tag team belts for the longest time in the WWE. I just I felt like their their women's roster had finally grown to a size where it was worth it. I now yeah, but now
0: they've released all those resolutions. I now
1: regret that? those feelings. They have managed to make don't get me wrong, still fully support, you know, the women's revolution. It's just it's setback after setback after setback. And they've managed to make these tag belts really unimportant since their debut. It's always been multi-team matches that are hardly ever on TV. Or if they are, they're you know losing a lot of like capital investment that these fans could have. There's not one single compelling story. Not one when it comes to the women's tag division.
0: Well, when they created the belts, at least you had some like kind of already established women's teams like yeah. the Bellas
2: the iconics. or the
0: Iconics. I mean, the the Iconics got done dirty. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna say it, man. Like they got done real dirty. Yeah, and
1: they're they're killing it right now in, in their in the Indian Impact careers and their modeling careers. Like WWE lost a huge opportunity there. Uh yeah, just all around SmackDown was just kinda like a very mm mm-hmm show. And yes, that is the noise I'm gonna make is
2: mm-hmm.
1: like <laughs> I don't know why that made me think of Jimmy Jimmy from South Park.
2: <laughs>
1: Alrighty. Uh WWE Raw Results. <clears throat> uh Going into the show, nobody really knew the status of Scott Hall, but the show opened up with an in-memoriam. Um, KO kicks off the show with a promo segment responding to Austin's video. Rollins comes out and confronts him. Apparently they're going to have a match to see who gets to have a talk show at WrestleMania. Riveting shit.
0: That, that made me even more excited about it.
1: Like The only thing that's slightly intriguing about this is like, is Cody Rhodes going to show up and face Seth Rollins? That's the only thing that actually like is semi-intriguing. Cody Rhodes watched 2022. Oh, gross. <laughs> uh, we saw Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Um, Honestly, it was a quality match. It's just kind of weird that Priest just turned heel, but yet is still winning cleanly over Balor, the new champion.
0: Dude, I, I said a couple weeks ago when we were talking about this. Did he? Was it a heel turn? Like, Damian Priest is the most inconsistently booked wrestler on Raw right now, simply for the fact that he gets booked as both a heel and a face at the same time, constantly. Yet, he's not a neutral character. Like,
1: what is he? No one knows. No one no knows. One knows. <laughs> uh, we had Bianca versus vs. uh 4. They seem to face each other at least once a month at this point. Um, Becky got involved. Uh, there was a part where she was whipping uh, Bianca around the ring post of their own hair. Um, I think they're starting to add a lot of heat to this, kind uh, of using the uh, the dynamic of the hair, um, you know, both having throat injuries. Uh, it's really interesting in terms of like how they're telling it. Bianca's probably going to win this match. I'd be really shocked if she didn't in Mania, but I guess... This, we'll...
0: I'll be honest, this is the closest one to having some intrigue for me.
1: Yeah, and it's... Um,
0: and I think it's because Bianca's really selling it, and, and Becky's really selling it. Like, they're both... They're. I feel like these two women are putting more effort into their Mania build... Than anyone else on the roster, and so for that, I feel like it's paying off.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. uh We see Montez Ford versus Matt Riddle. It was a great match, and uh, ended in a DQ. And the Alpha Academy got involved. Oh, look, another triple threat possibility at Mania. Such creative booking.
0: Can they coexist?
1: <laughs> Can they right. coexist wrong versus wrong each error. other?
0: Sorry, sorry, that'll be the week after.
1: <laughs> Pair them with almost. Uh, in the main event, we saw an Owens and
2: Roll-
1: we saw Owens and Rollins have yet another very good match. Uh, Owens ended up picking up the W with the stunner. I guess the question is: Is what will happen between Austin and, and Owens, and will Cody Rhodes show up?
0: I want this to be interesting. I want <laughs> this to be compelling. And like you watch the promo that that uh, Owens cut. Um, where he's like saying he's gonna invite Austin to the show, when he like goes through all the different Texans and everything. It's a couple weeks ago. Um, you can see that Owens is trying to to put the emphasis and the passion into this whole thing, but I'm just gonna fucking say it, man. It's forced unless you get stone cold on on raw prior to mania this isn't gonna
1: fly yep like you're essentially treating your audience like they're stupid and ex- like there's no heat to this outside of like a two promos and a video like where's the heat baby where's the heat
0: well and it's a little bit different than like uh, you know several years ago, there was, you know, you had the Undertaker with the streak, and, like, Shawn Michaels was trying to <laughs> call out the Undertaker, and Undertaker wasn't showing up. And you were still able to do things because the Undertaker has the whole mystique that it was still messages coming through from the Undertaker to the lights go out, or just lightning crashes, or you hear the gong. And it's like, oh, shit. It's the Undertaker. He's making his mystical voodoo happen. <laughs> and he didn't need to be there, but... Austin doesn't have that you know he, what I mean you hear that glass shatter and you expect to see him walk out and open up a can of a basket toss some beers and walk walk back to the bank. That's, that's what Stone Cold does
2: yeah
1: uh, <laughs> that's not wrong uh, cons we had almost versus Commander Aziz two big sweaty men who can't move hardly
2: uh, that's not good shit
1: Big meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> uh, we got Liz Mor- Liv Morgan versus Queen Zelina. Uh, another continuation of the triple threat. At least, hey, at least they're they're having connecting dots between the shows. Because, you know, the brand split doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> the brand split's coming to an end, man. If it's come Mania, there will be no more brand split at all.
1: Yeah. Sure. Uh, And then we have the Mysterios versus Hurt Business Uh, Yeah Get another example of more sloppy 50-50 booking They can't make up their minds what they actually want to do Uh, Alrighty
0: Um, Yeah, I'm over the Hurt Business In every way
1: (laughs) They, they, They really, really That should have been a really long standing faction And they fucked that up so bad
0: all right in another
1: universe in another <laughs> universe man They're yeah amazing all righty well before we get to AEW dynamite a word for my sponsors
0: have you been feeling down limp flaccid boring Well, it's time to put an end to all of that. Pick up your enforced shoe today and go from being a Michael Minor in the bedroom to a King Dominator. Make her remember the name as you put her down for the three count. Go the distance. Make her know that you're an Iron Man and pick up your enforced shoe today. Use the c- code standards of Greatness at enforcechew.com to get 20% off your next order of Enforced Chew. Enforced Chew, a Whiskers-bearing product.
1: Alrighty, we're back. Uh, AW Dynamite. So, uh, we finally see the end of the inner circle. After Revolution, Chris Jericho uh, refused to shake Kingston's hand uh, per their stipulation. Jericho turned on Santana and Ortiz, taking down Kingston in the process. Hager and 2.0 joined the newly minted Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, well, they all should
0: appreciate Jericho, and you should too, because he is the, the cornerstone which AEW was built around.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all there for it, except for that name is fucking garbage. Like... Let's be real here. I'm just gonna call it like I see. That name is fucking trash.
2: J A
0: C Jack. No, that it's has Jack. A-R. Jack on Jack.
1: No, it's J A S.
0: Oh. Um, yeah, that is... Jazz. Jack on Jazz. Jazz on Jack. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean, I was trying to go somewhere with. I was truly really trying. To...
1: I mean. The upside is the inner circle's finally dead, I guess. Um, now we have hopefully a different take on that. Uh, it seems to be Jericho's using the whole term sports entertainment as a gimmick now. Uh, we're going to see. I like that, by the way. I, 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 I do like that. that. I, I think it's very intriguing. I'm not going to lie. He's going to take some of the principles that Vince McMahon taught him and bring it to AEW, and it's going to get over, and it's going to be hilarious. Uh, It's
0: amazing. It's really amazing how many times Jericho has reinvented himself and gotten over. Every time. Every time. (laughs)
1: Um, We saw Hangman uh, Adam Page versus Dante Martin for the world title. Uh, Excellent outgoing for Dante Martin. Um, Hangman gets a solid title defense. Uh, Adam Cole versus Hangman part two apparently is what we're getting at the next pay-per-view. That's going
0: to be good. That is going to be good. Because this is the first Adam Cole and Hangman. This is the first time this this match is the first time that I feel like maybe Hangman's title reign might be in jeopardy.
1: Yeah, I think th- if there's a time to do it, it's this one. Question is, is how you go about it. Uh, there's a lot of layers to it. You could have the Dark Order costume, turn on him and cost him it. You could have. Uh, Red Dragon show up Cost in the match Leading you a feud with You know Hangman and the Bucks Versus Redragon and Cole There's a lot of potential
0: I think it'd be Really interesting And I I mean We really don't know Where Omega Is at here But man How amazing would it be For like The Young Bucks You get You get the Elite They help out Um They help Cole Win the championship from Paige, and then at the end of it, there's Omega standing on the stage. Just points the gun, bang! Like that's you got great elements for a triple threat story to be told right there.
1: Yeah, and that's something you ever you don't really see in AEW. Is triple threat matches a whole lot. Uh, but those
0: three have a lot of history.
1: Yep. there's
0: a lot of history right there with
1: those for three. For sure. Uh we see Danielson and Moxley defeat the workhorsemen. Uh they have William Regal as their manager now. Um I'm digging this. Uh it was a squash match, but like this is gonna be a very violent type of tag team slash faction. And I mean Regal's
0: mentioned how much I love William Regal.
1: Oh man, how did WWE fuck that up? And they
0: called him Steven. Lord Steven Regal.
1: He's a man. <laughs> That's one of my favorite moments in all of like Raw history <laughs> when they ribbed him in black <laughs> in his hometown. Well, um,
0: what kind of things too? Like he has such good humor about it. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, we see Jeff Hardy make his big debut with his. Mm, Mm, mm,
0: mm, mm. uh, Dancing, oh, yeah. Book oh, I got save my brother. Oh, down. yeah. Dancing. <laughs> bar-da, bar-da,
1: bar. <laughs> uh, yeah. The interesting thing here to me is Darby Allen's, like, facial expressions and, like, looking at Jeff like he's seen a ghost. Maybe we see a rivalry develop there eventually where it could be the Hardy Boys versus Sting and Darby. Um,.
0: I'm afraid. I'm afraid of getting Sting and Jeff Hardy back in the ring together.
1: I mean, that's fair. Uh, Jeff has come a long way since 2011. They've managed to work through their problems, so.
0: I, I know it's been 11 years since the incident that shall not be talked about, but we're talking about it anyway. <laughs> um, I just, but you know what I mean, like, and and part of it I think is just because of all the callbacks too. That night yeah. is, is part of the reason I don't want to even mess with that.
1: No, but. that's that's fair. Uh, we see Wardlow cutting a scaling promo, basically calling AEW Wardlow's world now. Basically, tells MJF and the Pinnacle to shove it. Um, this was a great promo. Uh, it sets up a lot. You know, this week, Wardlow has a title opportunity against the new AEW. TNT champion Scorpio Sky. Uh, I'm pretty sure MJF is going to show up and cost him the belt. Um, like, it's the only way it makes sense to me. But, I guess we'll have to tune in. Jurassic Express had another quality tag team or tag title defense versus uh, the Acclaim. Uh, so, my concern here is, is like, and it's the same concern I had with the Lucha Bros. I think we're running the risk of their tag tar- their tag run being kind of, like, stale. I think the belts have to come off of them soon. And I think the Acclaimed is a good choice. I think Moxley and Danielson eventually could be a good choice, too.
0: I think Moxley and Danielson are a much better choice. Yes. To be, to be perfectly <clears throat> honest. Because, see, I, I don't think that their tag run is dead as much as I feel like they haven't found... Their nemesis. Yeah. There's no shit. And that's what every good face team needs, is to really have a nemesis, you know? Um, the Hardy Boys were, were fun to watch and everything, but once they had Edge Christian, you were like, oh, oh now I'm taking notice. And then you added the Dudleys to the mix. And you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. Because you had those elements there, and they were all foils for each other. That's what this That's what this is missing right
1: now Yep Definitely agree uh, We see Thunder Rosa Defeat Layla Hirsch uh, Setting up Rosa versus Britt This week in a cage match I'm pretty sure this is where uh, Rosa is gonna end up Picking up the championship Off of Britt uh, Just makes logical sense Because it's one year ago From when their lights out match was It's in Rosa's hometown In a steel cage It, it just makes sense um, we. Apparently, I, uh, ended the wrong part. <laughs> uh, Sammy versus Scorpio Sky. <laughs> In a fantastic match, Sky ended up picking up the W, and the, uh, he's a new TNT champion, like I mentioned before.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, the only cons of the show, I mean, we talked about Jeff Hardy dancing. It's like, bro, just save your brother. Um,
0: dude, you should just, dude, that should be his new gimmick right there just, Like every time they come out Like Matt can be like super serious And be like trying to get down to the ring And Jeff just won't stop dancing
1: And <laughs> actually pay to see that uh, We see Pac versus Yuta Wheeler um, I, I understand the reason of booking Just a, a random one off match between these guys It's just to give it a more like sports like feel Kind of is my, my assumption here um but Wheeler was never gonna be a threat to someone like Pac. I, I think you're doing Wheeler a disservice. Yeah, you're getting him T V time, but we all know he's a jobber. Like, he's the job guy. I don't even think he's won a match yet.
0: I hear he wears a Brooklyn uh Brooklyn Dodgers have me backstage. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, and then finally. Um. So I like everything about the Jericho Appreciation Society except the name. Like to me, that that name is really bad. We've already gone over it in detail, but why
0: don't you appreciate Chris Jericho? He gave the world so much. You wouldn't you wouldn't be a wrestling fan today if it wasn't for Chris Jericho, Evan.
1: I don't hate Chris Jericho. I just hate that name. <laughs> Uh, AEW Rampage, we see Darby versus Quinn in a solid match. AEW's biggest strength is like their ability to connect the dots between Dynamite, Rampage, Dark, being the elite, and all this other content that they create. Everything kind of makes sense in terms of how the stories are told, and I really like how they pull back from that. Uh, we see Jamie Hayter versus, uh, defeat Mercedes Martinez. Um, Absolutely give me more of these two, in particular, more Jamie hater. Like, she's yeah, absolutely fantastic in the ring. Like, she's got the look, she's got the presence in terms of, like, star power. You know, after Britt drops the title, I could see Jamie making a shot at Rosa. It'd be interesting. This match,
0: this match was just fun, man. Yeah. There, there are some matches, like, I wasn't, like, super invested in this match in any way. But I just had fun watching it. Like, this was just solid, a solid good match all around.
1: Yep. Uh, we saw Keith Lee squash QT Marshall. Um, not really much to go over there. It was pretty obvious, predictable. Um, man, who can
0: stop the Bearcat? Rawr! rawr!
1: Definitely oh, not the guy you don't even give an entrance to on TV. <laughs> Um, let me see Swerve Scott defeat Tony Nese in the main event. Um, great debut for Swerve. Um, really just this match was really good. The fans seem already behind Swerve too, so like, he's already super over. I think that that's, that's kind of like, with AEW, it reminds me a little bit of the attitude era where like, everyone's just fucking over and like, it's ver- varying levels, but like, It's still intriguing.
0: Everyone's maybe over on uh, AEW, certainly not on the other side. (laughs) But remember, WWE doesn't consider AEW competition. Or maybe they do now, in the court of
1: law. I don't know. (laughs) Alrighty, well, as many of you know, we've kind of had a fun little back and forth with the the pay-per-view picks. Uh, So in light of that, we're going to have a championship. When we, that's right. That we'll be defended every time. Wow. So, like, right now, we're going to go over the AEW Revolution results based on our picks. Um, first and foremost, Brian and I really only had small differences on on ours. Uh, that usually seems to be about the case both with WWE and AEW. Um, Layla Hirsch versus Chris Satlander, we both... Um, we both picked uh, Layla Hirsch. Both got that wrong. Er, right, excuse me. Uh, we see... <laughs> you <laughs> don't even
0: know what the scores are. You don't <laughs> even know what's going on here, Evan.
1: Yeah. 1-1 <laughs> uh, one, one in cross. terms of points there. Uh, hook versus QT Marshall. This was super obvious. We both got this right. Uh, how hook, su- hook loses every time. I don't know why I've, <laughs> I've, we have them uh, Send QT! Uh House of Black versus death Triangle we both picked death Triangle. We both got this wrong uh to me, they had booked House of Black so strong at this point that like mm-hmm. I felt like if you have death Triangle lose here, you're basically just admitting that the faction is not relevant and they kind of did
0: that 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 I'm not even joking that was the exact same logic that I had for this pick because it was you know there are certain points in a feud where you really need something different to happen yeah and even if this had gone to um like a draw I would have been like okay with it you know
1: yeah like you bring in Eric Redbeard to like anchor the team as your big heavy to counter Brody King and like yeah, Mist got involved and whatnot, but like I I think the booking could have been a little tighter here. Uh Eddie Kingston defeated Chris Jericho via submission. We both got this one right. We just it was super obvious with the story they were yeah. telling leading into it.
0: Jericho knows when to to do the job for people and this was clearly
1: well, I mean,
0: it was, it, the writing was on the wall. It was clear as day. Well, to,
1: to me, like, Eddie Kingston is the epitome of a grinder babyface. Of that underdog babyface <laughs> that just the fans get behind. When I think of Eddie Kingston, the first comparison that comes to mind is Tommy Dreamer.
0: Mm. I can see that. Uh, see, I, I look at it like this. You, you know, and I mentioned, I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the appreciation society. Jericho is an anchor of AEW. He's one of the foundations of AEW. Yep. And he's not going to be around forever. <coughs> he's been up there in, in years. And Kingston is one of the future pillars. Like, that's one of the guys who you're going to have the entire company surrounding around at at least some point. Like, Eddie Kingston will be AEW champion at some point.
2: Yeah,
1: at the very least TNT champion. I could see that. Just depends on the stories they're telling. Um, we see Jurassic what? Express versus Red Dragon versus Young Bucks. We both got this wrong. We both picked Red Dragon. I was surprised to see Jurassic Express pick up the win here. Um, I didn't expect the Bucks to win. I just didn't think it, it was. They've been champions. They didn't really need it. Uh, Jurassic Express makes sense if you're building Red Dragon versus Young Bucks. Um. It's kind of the simplest version of that. Uh, Face of the Revolution ladder match. This is the first time where one of us got it right and one of us got it wrong. Uh, I picked Wardlow. Wardlow ended up winning.
2: Uh,
1: Brian, you picked Keith Lee. I think we both had similar logic with with the picks. It's just we chose differently.
0: So this one actually, and I want to preface this, actually part of it, I would have gone with Wardlow. Had I known the order of the card, that's fair. Um, with the way that the, you know the way that I assumed that the card would have been laid out, it made more sense because. And I'm really going off of like the order that you're listing them off here. If you put this match before, um, uh, Punk and mjf it doesn't make as much it makes more sense for keith lee Mm going he's he's the new big guy on the scene if you have mjf and punk first now you give wardlow the opportunity to build the story throughout the show now it makes more sense for wardlow to win so i mean i'm not trying to make excuses congratulations on getting this one right
1: yeah that's the thing um for me, it was just, it made sense with the stories they were telling on the screen. Keith Lee's still kind of like getting us fit within AEW. I don't think him winning the Revolution ladder match would have added much to it for him. Wardlow winning adds the stakes of a contract for a title opportunity. And if MJF's involved, there could be some shenanigans. Um, Jade Cargill versus Taya Conti. Uh, we both got this right picking Jade Cargill. Um, I did not see. What happened coming when Jade Cargill kissed Tay Conti at the beginning of the match, kind of threw off her game. Um, This match, on paper, just seemed obvious to me. I don't know about you you when you made your pick there.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I never. Like, this was a quick pick.
1: Uh, And in one of the most bloody brutal matches I've ever seen. Uh, CM Punk defeated MJF uh, thanks to Wardlow uh, at the end there. This, this match was gory. Like, I've seen horror films with less blood.
0: It was funny, too, because, like, you had the whole, like, Mox Dan O'Brien thing built up around um,
1: Bleeding. bloodshed. And then this yeah. one. <laughs> this one bled way <laughs> more.
0: Like, hold my beer. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: yeah, Punk winning here makes sense if you're going to continue the feud or at the very least set up for, like,. Wardlow versus MJF which they did um, <clears throat> Britt Baker defeated <coughs> Thunder Rosa via uh, interference or defeated her and then after the match Jamie Hader and um, Rebel attacked it just made sense to continue this it gets them that one week extra or two weeks extra towards being in Rosa's home for the, the cage match and making that, that one year story kind of come full circle We've got uh, Moxley defeating Danielson. Uh, we both got this wrong. We both thought Danielson would win, but I'm glad we got it wrong because we got William Regal.
0: Great match either way. Like, yeah, I, I wanna, I wanna like, I don't care that I got it wrong. This was so much fun to watch. This was the match that I had been wanting them to have, quite frankly. So I, it, I don't. I think one of the amazing things about AEW is they've had a lot of matches that you go, well, this you're you're building this match up, but it can't be as good as as we're we're hoping it, it's going to be, and then they deliver, and that's one of the amazing things. And I really felt like this match delivered on what I wanted it to be.
2: So
1: yeah, um, we see the uh, Hardy Family Organization versus Darby Sting and Sammy. Um, we both got this right. Darby, Sam Ansting and up picking the W. I really thought this match was way higher up on the card than it than it should have been. I, I, there's like little no excitement for this match from me.
0: It almost felt like a cooler.
1: A little bit. I think it's because they knew how good the main event was going to be. Uh, with Hangman Adam Page defeating Adam Cole, uh, we both got this right. So... Our differences basically came down to the ladder match and Punk versus MJF. Uh, I think we both made it very
0: logical. Both are part of the same story, too. Yeah. Both are part of the exact same story. So, again, it's, it, for my, it's, that, it's that flip-flop of where they are on the card, again. Yep. If you flip them, my picks make a lot more sense. I'm not trying to make excuses. And oh. you know what, Evan? Allow me to hand you this title belt right here and congratulate you. On becoming our official pay-per-view champion, don't get too comfortable with that. I'm comfortable uh, with
1: that no. uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go 174 now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, alrighty, well, Brian. It is time for our topic of the week. Um, we originally had a guest plan uh, to join you, one of the gentlemen who was also involved. Unfortunately, he, uh, his day job, he got. Uh, asked to work a double, so we'll have him on in another time to tell his story, uh, possibly. Uh-huh. But Brian, this weekend you you're at a show.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Metro Pro Wrestling, Detroit, Michigan. Tell us what happened.
0: Um. So, um, uh, you know, a little backstory here for for all you guys. Um. Yes, I do work. Uh. You know. In the events, um, as a character that goes by the name Adrian Adonis, and I'm the legal advisor for the Cold Crew, the Cold Brothers. Um, that'd be Brian Colding and Chuck Colding, who um, you know they they've been in the business for uh, over 20 years. They've uh, they've worked in, they work in WCW, they work for WWE. They've been all over the place, very successful uh, entertainers. Um, and guys who have been friends of mine for many years now. Um, and then, uh, John Tate Keith was out there with us along with, um, my new (laughs) bodyguard, uh, Lil' Brian. (laughs) And,
2: And we're healed. Our job is to get the heat.
0: And I'm not trying to brag, but we're really good at our job. So uh, this weekend we were in Detroit um, with Metro Pro Wrestling, working a, uh, a tag team match with the Cold Brothers, two of them, versus um, the Cobra Cry, the the Cobra Kai crew, led by uh, Sensei Lt Taylor, and um, he was joined by soul taker who was <laughs> debuting his new uh he he you he, know he, he, he's not doing the undertaker gimmick anymore he switched to the uh american black Cats. oh what the character um and if you know the soul taker uh and and if you don't look him up he's he's awesome
1: very um, very intriguing character uh controversial at times. Uh, Very, yes, I can, can be. I, I've worked an event with him before, and I, I can definitely say that I can see him actually saying that, so... <laughs> oh,
0: he did. Back, backstage, several times. It, it was cracking up. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, I, I can't repeat some of the other things he said yet, but... Well, there we go.
1: Kids are listening! Um,
0: you know, it was a tag team match uh, I came out to the ring first uh, Being flanked by uh, Jante and um, Lil' Brian We started getting the crowd heated up Brought out the Cole brothers And I'm going to tell you right now This was a lively crowd It was a good crowd They were hot, they were popping
1: It looked packed from the video footage that I saw uh, Of what yeah. happened But also like some of the photos on social media pretty sizable, was, yeah, sizable was, indie, indie promotions.
2: Promotions. and
0: everybody was having a good time, we were, we were the last match prior to intermission, and everybody had been having a good time throughout the show, like, you know, even, even the warm-up match got a really, really good reception from the crowd, so we were all having a good time, um, while we're outside the ring doing our heel stick, um, a drunken fan decided, I use the term fan loosely, um, decided that it was appropriate to get up, grab Jante, um, and pants him, pull his pants down in front of the, all the fans there.
1: That's, that would be embarrassing. Um, so, I'm just gonna stop you there for a second, so, like, yeah. you know, if Deontay was here, we would ask him, obviously, about that, but, like, you know, from, from my perspective, you're telling me this story. My first instinct is, maybe, a, as a fan, I'd be like, well, maybe this guy's part of the show. But, like, also, like, I wouldn't classify that necessarily as sexual assault. But that's definitely sexual harassment, regardless. Uh, if he's not. That's that's where my mind goes. Um, you know, whether or not it, it's defined legally is is beyond that. But, like... Tell us when you see this. What is your going through your mind?
0: So, a lot is going on around the ring um, when this all happens. And Jante and I, when this happened, he was kind of um, he was on he was he was on the hard camera side of the ring. Uh, if you if we had a hard cam, at least that's where it would have been. Um, so I was on the left side of the ring. So I wasn't right there next to him when it happened. And I wasn't completely sure of exactly what the interaction was because when I looked over there at that moment, he was he had already gotten his pants pulled back up and he was kind of jumping around. And he turned and he whipped uh, the towel that he was holding on, the white towel, whipped it at the guy because the guy was still, like, coming up towards him.
1: Yeah, um... Um... And so many. Replies. The thing is,
0: and I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll get into this a little bit more in a minute. But you like you you asked if this guy was, you know, you said you would assume this guy was part of the show.
1: That that's the first. My first thought process is okay. Is this guy part of the show, or is this is this like a fan going wild? That's that's the first thing my mind thinks of. And right. then the second, and you so
0: know, you go down, down the, the path. So my response to that is really simple. If you're a fan, of course that you're going to have that reaction. Yeah. Okay, because a fan isn't supposed to do that. Like that's the whole that's the whole thing. Is a fan isn't supposed to put their hands on the wrestler. You're not supposed to get you're not supposed to get into the ring with the wrestlers. You're not supposed to touch the talents. You're there as a spectator. If you were at a baseball game at a basketball game, you wouldn't run out onto the field. You wouldn't run out onto the court. You know, you you you're not gonna grab, you know, some guy's baseball bat as he's you know trying to go walk out from the dugout.
1: Oh, you're gonna hit a home run? get to stop you? Yeah, no, so, it's it's pretty um, silly to like to even think that that's an option. Like,
0: but you, but I understand where you're coming from. You know, if you're a fan and you're there and you're seeing this that interaction, I can understand where you would come from in that moment watching that. But the thing, the other part of it is, and like I said, we're going to get more into this part of it in a minute, but there are a ton of people there who are working the event, who know the people who are involved in the show. We know who the workers are. No one, no one at this moment, like nobody came from the management side out to interact with this guy. And tell him to sit down. There was no security or anything, telling this guy to sit down. The promoter didn't come out and tell this guy to sit down. Nothing like that. Um and Jante is a professional. I wanna clear. I wanna make sure this is really clear too. Me, like Jante, Brian Chuck, Lil Brian, we're all out there doing our job. We're all out there professionals. This is we've worked lots of events before. I've been doing this for twenty years now. And I've never had an event happen that like what happens here tonight. Um, Jante's being a professional; he's you know trying to read the riot yeah. act to the guy as a heel, also trying to play it off a bit comedic, comedically for the crowd. You know,
1: makes sense. It's one way to sell it. Yeah,
0: basic heel sell it. Yeah, exactly. Um, a couple of minutes go by and this same guy tells his daughter to come up and kick me. Me. And she does. She nails me right in the small of the back. And I went sprawling out forward. Like, it was a solid kick from a 13-year-old girl.
1: That's, again, so many red flags. So I'm going to stop you right there for a second. So, as this is all going on, you know, we 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 talked about how if you're a fan, you see this goes on. Your first thought is, okay, maybe they're part of the show. But as you see this this chaos start to unfold, from I've ran professional logistics for event organizations before. Security is like the number one concern. There's I don't understand why there weren't ropes or barricades or security of some kind around ringside or at least someone from the promotion or management side coming out and stopping this. So you think. You know that that's from my brain from my, you know my past jobs that I've worked. That's where I would come from and I I don't understand why that wouldn't be something you you know you should protect your talent and the fans. But you should protect your talent above all else. They they're they're who people are paying to see. So um. I guess so what
0: you know the same thing with like Jante, when when it happened to him I did my best to you know play it off I immediately told little Brian who you know he his whole role out there is to play my bodyguard um he he, I told him to grab me and I flailed around and pretended like I was trying to kick and punch with the little girl and told her I, I was gonna sue her and Take all the money from her piggy bank. You know, bit
2: try being a heel.
0: You know, try trying to be a heel. Um the and this drunk guy, you know, he, he ended up getting up again and trying to come after John a second time. And that time and, and when I say little Brian, it's kinda of like <laughs> little John. You yeah.
2: know,
0: a <laughs> he, he's a, a big way. guy. I'm not even joking. He's he's the he's the he's the he's the, big, he's the tallest out of all everybody out there.
1: Yeah. I saw some photos. He's the biggest guy on your team.
0: He's a big guy. You <laughs> can't <laughs> have a little bodyguard, you know what I mean? Um so he actually ended up being a real bodyguard that night and standing in between that guy and Jontay at one point because that guy got up again to come after after John Tate. And this match, you know, I'm breaking a little kayfabe. here. This is, we were given 15 minutes for this match. Okay. So, um, this match had a cascading um, finish where, you know, both sides came out with an entourage. First, the heel entourage, or excuse me, first, babyface entourage got kicked out of ringside by the referee because the heels are doing what heels do. And we convinced the ref that they were cheating. Then we start cheating. I get kicked out, you know, like everybody is getting kicked out and eliminated from the ring until we can get down to a couple of small one-on-one scenarios for high spots yeah. in the match. Um, by the way, a listener of the show, I know he's listening tonight, so uh, our, our boy, Whipdog, Deshaun Whipple, <laughs> uh, made sure to get in the ring and, and throw a super kick that I... Uh, he threw up on his TikTok, and everybody should go and like.
2: <laughs> yeah, if you you're I've not never,
1: following Whip I've Dog, I've never seen that man do a
0: super kick in my life. But he did one on Saturday if night. If you're not
1: following Whip Dog or the Standards of Greatness podcast on TikTok, you should.
0: Yeah, you're missing out. Uh, <clears throat>
1: um,
0: so I'm out of the match in the first seven. So, you guys still got eight minutes, and I know they went over. So, you got ten minutes, maybe, where I'm not even out there that these fans, this fan, I shouldn't say fans, this fan, it was, it was primarily one guy. Yeah. You well, know, um, they were never addressed. They should have been kicked out, bro, you know, before the match even ended.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: but, but nothing was done. They weren't addressed. So, I'm standing behind the curtain. Jante's standing. You know, we all everybody gets backstage. And, you know, I'm right behind the curtain, and intermission is is starting. So, to be clear here, like, what what transpires following this? we weren't going to go out and interrupt anyone's <clears> match. We weren't going to take away from anybody else's time. But it's intermission. So we're not taking away from anyone's time. Brian finds out, uh, uh, Brian Colden finds out, he comes back, he asks what happened. Because he saw things happening, but he's in the middle of a wrestling match. Like, he's yeah. got spot that he's trying to, you know, He's got shit he's got to do. He's got a match. He's working. Um, he asks what happened. He finds out that, like, Jante got pantsed and I got kicked. And that's not right. You don't do that.
1: Yeah, that's, you're breaking a code when you do that.
0: So Brian immediately turns. Chuck follows him. And they're heading back out. And Jante and I, we're part of the crew. There was no question about whether or not we were going back out with them. Chuck got in the ring, got on the mic. I jumped in the ring with him. Um, Brian was out on the floor and confronted the drunken guy face-to-face. Basically saying, like, you want to put your hands on somebody, try putting your hands on me. Brian's a big dude. He's intimidating. Um, And... It, there was an intimidation factor that was definitely going on. But to be clear, Brian didn't push him. Brian didn't throw any punches. It was going out there and making it known that, like, you don't put your hands on talent. Period. Period. Like, if you really want to, to try and throw hands with professional wrestlers, let me tell you something. Back in the day, people did. You go to the bar after a show and people would want to throw hands with you because, oh, you're a tough guy, you're a pro wrestler. Guess what? Wrestlers had to learn, have to be able to fight for real because of jackasses like that.
2: Yeah. So
0: maybe you don't do that. Maybe that's just not a smart move. And another thing, if you think for a second that there isn't like loyalty amongst groups like that, like, yo, the clique back in the day, they had a rep for a reason and my crew is just the same way like one of us goes out we all go out
1: alright yeah I mean that that all makes sense I guess just from my standpoint I, I still I'm trying to wrap my mind around the lack of security and the lack of like any type of engagement with the fan the fan the moment the first incident happened they should have been booted before you were even kicked like you know I understand like in the heat of the match, not addressing it right then and there just to not distract. But the moment the match is over, when the intermission is supposed to begin, the promoter and the manager needs to be out there kicking them out. That's just, do fucking better. Like that, that, I'm just going to use my, my slogan, do fucking better.
0: You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Now the thing is, is um, Brian's out there. Chuck gets out of the ring because it's everyone is standing up now. This guy is getting in Brian's face. Like it's 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 <laughs> getting ugly. You know what I mean?
1: It looked ugly. I in turned the, the ring on,
0: so I handed him my glasses. I'm like, you're gonna need to hold these for me. Like I don't know what's gonna go down. Yeah. This guy in his drunken stupor falls over backwards over a chair and lands on this old lady. 65 year old lady another fan who came to watch the show a fan who by the way didn't put her hands on any of the wrestlers she may have been shouting shit at us but you know what good for her I like when you shout shit at me it means I'm doing my job yeah <laughs> I, and, and I I, I, I want to make it clear Like, come to a show Engage with us by yelling at us, scream at us, call me all the dirty names in the book. I want you to. It's my job to make you hate me.
1: That's just kink. But <laughs> A little yeah, bit of levity.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: but but you never put your hands on talent. And this guy did, and then he fell, and then he falls over and he hurts another fan. And everybody assumes because. Brian and Chuck are these two huge dudes. Well he must Brian must have thrown a punch. Brian must have knocked this guy out. We didn't do anything. We got even after we got Brian and Chuck uh, backstage, I still I, I was still out there for a couple minutes. I had this uh, this drunken guy's wife now screaming in my face absolutely zero accountability on her part for the fact that like her man's the one who got up and was like doing stuff and straight up telling us that we're wrestlers we should be able to take it. that's just because just because we're professional wrestlers that does not give you the right to get up and assault us
1: yes that's inexcusable it's complete lack of accountability on, on the guy's part, on the on the wife's part. I'm the, you know, you, you're ch- you guys got your child involved, involved in an assault. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I know watching the video and from the stories you told me that eventually police were called to the scene.
0: Well, that's, yeah, I was actually just about to get there. Um, so, and this is, this actually ends up escalating it to a whole different level. Um, that... Gets really, they got uncomfortable for me in a, in a different kind of way um, than the other guys. But I mean, I'll explain that here in a second. So, uh, get backstage. <clears throat> the whole crew is together, and we've been told that the cops are on their way. I'm not. I, I still don't know who called the cops, um, but the cops who were called,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they're on their way, and. I literally heard it was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna go have a cigarette real quick, and then immediately after saying that, was told, "Oh, the cops are here," and they're out there talking to, you know, them. They're about to come back here and talk to us. So we're like, okay. And so I stood in there and waited for a minute in the, in the locker room, and the cops come into the locker room, and they had already talked to. Drunky Brewster out there. And let him leave. And they wow. Let him leave.
1: They let him leave?
0: They let him and his family leave.
1: After, the, after they committed an assault.
0: Yep. And before talking to our crew. Because they weren't there. To hear the story. They were there. To arrest us. That's what they showed up to do. And I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not joking here at all. This was the situation. You sent in four white cops who automatically assumed that the stable full of black guys would be, yeah, I'm white. I personally am white. Every other person in this stable is a black guy. And guess who was automatically assumed to have been the, 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 the violent ones. The bad guys in this. Us.
1: That's a shame.
0: It, even when we showed them videotape, which, by the way, we have multiple angles of, because in this modern age, everybody has a cell phone, and you better believe everybody had them out. I mean, it it looks like a riot's about to go down. You think everybody doesn't have their cell phones out? We had footage of this guy assaulting Jante, assaulting me, and falling over on this woman while Brian and Chuck do absolutely nothing. And it still wasn't until another guy who happened to be a friend of Brian and Chuck's, another black guy, stood up and said, I am a former Detroit Metro police officer. These men did nothing wrong. That's what it
1: took. That's fucked up on so many levels. Like, I mean, you know, we usually steer clear of getting involved in politics and social justice stuff uh, on here, but... I'm just gonna flat out say that that's disgusting. That that was even a factor. It was.
2: Uh, it man. was,
0: and it it made me, you know. And I've been I've been working with these guys for years. Like I, I'm I'm really proud of the work that Chuck and I specifically have done together all over Michigan. You know, I've been I've been rolling with him for the past uh, three years now. And it's been some of the most fun I've had in pro wrestling. But it's given me a different perspective on some stuff on a personal level. And uh, I've never experienced something like this before. Not this way. And this is what, you know, this is the kind of shit that people of color have to deal with all the time that's straight up, man. This is, is so
2: fucked.
1: Yeah, um... You know, normally it's such a complicated thing to talk about because, you know, us being white, it's not really something we are subjected to. So, like, we we try to generally, like, just be the ally that kind of supports and, like, just offers, you know, whatever assistance we can because it's not racism, systematic racism, all that stuff within, you know, police brutality, all that stuff. That's not something we're going to experience.
0: Well, and it doesn't get any better from here, to be honest. Yeah, because it, following this, following this whole thing, a, uh, a you know, the newspapers and start start reporting, Fox News reports, and they get all of their information from the police report that was taken, taken inaccurately, I might add. But. These people that did this assault were from Chicago, and they were allowed to leave without any repercussion whatsoever. They should have been charged with assault. It shouldn't have been a question that was left to Jante or I. And that's what it was. They asked us, do you want to press charges? Which automatically means that Jante and I get put in the position of being the bad guy. What, you want me to press charges on a 13-year-old girl for kicking me in the ass?
1: Yeah, that that's not... They shouldn't have asked you guys that. They should have taken your stories and their stories before they ever allowed them to be released. That gentleman should have been arrested. The daughter, it's possible she could have been arrested. I don't. That that's with minors, no, it's kind I, of tricky. I, I put
0: I put I personally put all blame on the father.
1: Oh yeah, like he acted it up. Well,
0: and he encouraged his daughter to do it. Take responsibility for your child. You're a father. I'm a father. Yeah? Like we take responsibility for what our Parent- kids
1: do. Parenting 101, man. Like it and, and to kind of circle back to like what I was I was talking about beforehand like it's just it it's so incredibly shitty on multiple levels from the story that you've told me both here and, you know, our, what we've discussed a little bit. You you know, there's some details that like we we, we wanted you to share your whole story on on air just cuz like everyone else has shared their side except for you to this point. Um But, like, to circle back around, it is just... It blows my mind that, as human beings, we do this. That we've created these injustices, like, on a fundamental level. And I I am so sorry that, like, this even happened to, you know, to Brian, to Chuck, Deontay, little Brian, you, like... That is so fucked up, it's not even funny. And, like, this promoter owes you guys... A huge, huge apology.
0: Well, it gets even worse from here, honestly, because the promoter did make a statement. This wasn't a statement that he made night of, mind you, when we were all there. He sang a very different tune when we were all there in person. But when we got uh, when we got online the next day, we saw he he threw us all under the bus. We're we're to blame for what happened, according to him. Yo, you you're a promoter.
2: That Stop means there. you're
0: responsible for the event. That means you're responsible for having security there. You're responsible for having barricades. You're, you should have been responsible for that talent, or for the protection of the talent, and you should have that guy removed. On top of that, I'll go a step further. Yo, we went out there during intermission. You still have five more matches to go on the show. If that guy didn't leave during intermission, when the cops let him go, what if we didn't go out and confront him, what would he have done in another match would he just kept getting more brazen probably how long until he actually injures another talent like legit hurt broken bones because that's the kind of stuff that happens in this business yeah that would have been would that have been on us no it would have been on the promoter for not having the foresight of what was going on in his freaking show because it was the first time the guy had gotten that found
2: out.
0: On top of that, and this is another thing that really, you know, really upset me, and it upset—I know it upset Brian, I know it upset Chuck, I know it upset Jante—because professional wrestling, it's a brotherhood, man there is a side of this business that you do not understand unless you've been on the other side of that curtain, unless you've been inside those ropes. You just don't. And when everything went down, there were a couple of guys who did come on out of the locker room and made sure to help settle down the situation. But all the guys that did were...
1: Old school guys?
0: They were the older cats. Yeah. You know, and and it's kind of funny. I'm I'm getting up there in the older cats area now. (laughs) And so... But... There were other guys. I remember... This is actually on the second show that I've worked um, with Metro. And the first one, I remember sitting there uh, before... You know, it was at the very end of the show, and I, you know, I'm getting my gear ready to, ready to leave, and there was a, a new guy who had just who had worked his very first match. He wasn't even getting paid for that night, sitting there. And I saw him there again at this show. And you know where I didn't see him? I didn't see him coming out of the locker room to back up the wrestlers. If you're, if you're new to this business, well, let me explain this to you. You better have your brother's backs, because at some point, you're going to
1: want them to have yours. You know, there is there is that understanding within within the, the most locker rooms that I've been in and most, you know, when working commentary or, you know, other things I've done. There's that level of brotherhood to, to a degree that your average fan, your rookies might not even understand. And, like, if he's super, super new to the business, I can entertain the idea of not knowing that you're supposed to do it. But, like, to me, if I'm one of the old cats and I see that, and I say, hey, you know, I'd be like, hey, why didn't you come out? Like, I try to educate him on the brotherhood a little bit more. That's a learning opportunity there. But, like, I, I know a few of the guys that were working the show out there as well, and some of them have been working within the area for a few years. They know.
0: They know yeah, they should They should know better.
1: They know better. And it's, it's disgusting. And... It's essentially a violation of the trust of the brotherhood. And, like, mm-hmm. flat now, out, you do that to me, chances are I won't have your back again. Like, that, that's, know, that's a broken trust.
0: This is a, this is a shitty situation all around. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, for the other fans who had their, you know, experience disturbed, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this one asshole got up and was, you know, horns and ruckus, but don't get it don't blame us for it. We were out there defending ourselves, we used words, we didn't use violence. And that's something that that's something that's completely getting missed here. And I'm gonna end it on this, man. At the end of the show, those fans went home they went to sleep that night they woke up the next day they, they talked to their friends they told their friends about the show that they'd been at and we were halfway through the card man but I guarantee that every single fan that went and saw that show we were what they were talking about the next morning we were the ones they were talking about with their friends and they were telling them about the show you know what that is? that's heat my friend We had real, legit heat. And that promoter who said that we are not welcome back there anymore not welcome to work for him, joke's on you, dude, because Michigan ain't that big an area. Those same fans are going to be happy to come see us get our asses kicked someplace else because we drew the heat. And you, you can sit there and not make the money. Um, Say hello to the bad guy
1: <laughs> Well that's uh, That's quite the story And you know it, For those of you out there If you want to see a little bit of it There's other video angles out on YouTube um, We can post some links to that if you want uh, Let us know in the comments um, Alright Brian And, I,
0: and I Feel free to let Metro Pro Wrestling Know just what you think of their uh, Of their security And the way that they treat
2: their talent
1: yeah. Um, so, uh, instead of doing EFED news, um, we're kind of going to switch it up a little bit. Um, basically, Brian and I are going to talk to you about our current and upcoming projects and where you can find us. Um, I'll start. So, for me, you'll find me currently in PWR Pro Wrestling Reality um, and New Era Wrestling. Um, it's just two of the top EFEDs out there in the game. Uh, and then, other than that, I'm currently looking at getting a streaming setup for PC games. That way I can start... You know, showing stuff, starting up a Twitch maybe for the standards of greatness gaming.
0: <laughs> well, as for me, if you wanted to have some fun with me, you can find me out on the open seas playing Sea of Thieves. I like to stream that, I like to play that, and I would love to get connected with you guys on that. Um, as well as playing uh, Master Duel, playing some old school Yu Gi Oh!, having fun with that. I know that you've been doing that.
1: Yeah, I've been doing um, a little bit of that. Uh, it's brought back a lot of high school middle school memory
0: good times (laughs) um if you want to find me anywhere out there on those platforms you can search for me using uh the screen name hkw wrestling no spaces uh you can also check out the old hkw youtube page where we still do upload uh videos not so many wrestling videos anymore but we're going to be adding more and more content to that as time yeah, goes on. So make sure to back that, that out. Give
1: us yeah. Dry. And one small clarification. So with us changing eventually, our our what we're what content we're producing. We're not saying we're not going to cover wrestling. It's just we're going to be covering more than just wrestling. It'll just yeah. be a little more selective with the wrestling we cover.
0: Which means you're just going to hear about the good stuff now. Yeah. Don't hear us complain every week unless yeah. that's what you tune in for. In which case, let us know. We'll yeah, I mean, this. if
1: you want, we will. I will. We will do a whole episode of dragging shitty promotions.
0: I <laughs> said. I think everybody should uh, should write in and make you review a Vince Russo WCW night episode.
1: If I've got to do that, <laughs> you've got to do it too.
0: Uh, you're assuming I can find it on the Peacock's shitty network.
1: But <laughs> let, let's not get me started on that app. Let's not. At, <laughs> It's, it's raging news. I tried. Wow. I tried to use it earlier today, and I wanted to throw my phone <laughs> through the wall. Uh, no. Um, yeah. There's just there's a lot out there, and we, we truly believe that we can bring the best of all the worlds to you, the fans. Alrighty. Well, our question of the week this last week, um, we asked our fans, "What would you like out of the next WWE AEW video game?" Uh, a lot of people asked for customizable entrances. Uh, True simulation, Um, more kind of, like, intriguing creations within the game. Uh, I I think the one that kind of was interesting to me was customizable um, arenas kind of akin to what um, 2K19 and 2K20 offered, where they had, like, the swamplands and, like, you know, the, the wasteland type stuff. Uh, fans did like that, it's just 2K20 was kind of really shitty, and it just made it for a terrible game experience. Uh, what would you like to see out of the next WWE, AEW video game?
0: Um, so, my biggest problem, um, my biggest problem that I've had the past couple of years with 2K games is that I really hate the controls. That they've um, they've incorporated um, the timing thing, and you know it, it makes it feel like it's so much. You have to become so precise and good at it, and it takes away from just the pick it up and have fun with it experience that felt like you got out of the old like WCW and WWE revenge or yeah you know, uh, WrestleMania 2000, or, no mercy, you know, some SmackDown titles, yeah, no mercy. Um, and the thing is, is like, even when you had those games in the you, know, you transition to something like Day of Reckoning, um, the, they still tried to incorporate some of those same controls. You, you still felt them trying to keep it similar so that people who did pick up the this game from this game still could get into it fairly easy with only having to learn a minimal number of new button combinations. Yeah. At this point, it's dude. I... I'm trying to play a wrestling game, not Mortal Kombat, yo.
1: Yeah, that that was my concern with Two K Twenty Two in particular. They changed the structure of the content or the structure of the controls. Like, where you had had to have combinations in order to like hit moves. And it's like I came to wrestle and like tell a story and like have fun with it. Like, I don't. If I wanted to play a fighting game, I would just play a fighting game. There's a reason I'm playing a wrestling game.
0: I mean, as far as 2K22 is concerned, I really feel like the step back it, in a lot of the creative aspects that um, I had come to just, I guess, take for granted, I guess. Um, yeah, 2K19 I really feel
1: like RIP. 2K22
0: is a big step back. So I, I really would like to see a complete overhaul of the creative suite.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and stop making what I'd really like to see out of a wrestling game is I'd like you to stop making me play your wrestling game and let me play my wrestling Yes, if that if that makes sense
1: yeah no it should be your experience within the game should be your experience you shouldn't be forced to play anything you don't want to like I understand story mode sure that's fine but there should be a, a, a way I can still do like things that are within the context of the story but like with my character um, for me I, I really liked the customizable entrances um, apparently that's what the majority of the crashes for uh, 2K20 were was the customizable entrances the multiple layer, layered entrances where someone would have like AJ Styles entrance with so and Like it was like a blended entrance and that would cause it to crash And I really liked that aspect a lot uh, you know 2K18 2K19 I think going back to simple controls would benefit them a lot, but um, I wish there was a a little more variety in terms of like camera angles within the game. It feels like they kind of regressed a little bit back on the 2K22 side, where like you know, for the highlight reel shows there's, there's a little more to do but like, if you're just your standard you know, edited 2K fed it's very simplistic
0: Yeah Um no, it, it all feels very cut down. Yeah, honestly, like that's what it—that's the whole game feels like. It feels like a regression. Um, no new match types. I—I I, I want new match types. I think. Yeah, what do I want to see out of a new <coughs> game? That's probably one of the yeah. biggest on my list. Oh, um,
2: give me
1: a goddamn ambulance match and a buried alive match for fuck's sake.
0: Casket. Is Casket. Another one that, Like, why isn't that on the, on there already? Like.
1: You have all these gimmick matches that are possible gimmicks. Let us do it. Like, I'm kind of hoping with the AEW game, we get that where we can, like, have a stadium stampede or where we can have, like, you know, like a street fighter, or a lights out match.
0: Well, and you know what's kind of funny, too, is it's like there's some. And this is one that you're going to laugh, but where it was absolute crap. It was absolute dog crap. It's gonna be funny here in a second. When they did it. This would be an amazing video game match. Remember the Kennel from Hellmatch? Yeah. So you had the, the like the Rottweilers all around the ring who were like savage uh, dogs so going you had to escape the cage. So much poop. So much so much so much poop. Um and, and humping.
1: Everybody wants head. <laughs>
0: this, was, this was a terrible match in real life. But as a video game concept, this would be this would be so much fun. No, Raving it, dogs outside the ring.
1: If you're gonna do it, it's gotta include the poop and humping. It's gotta be realistic.
0: You know, that's, that, we'll see, that's what you get. That's the unlock
1: feature. Oh, the Vince Russo edition. <laughs> Bro. It's incredible, bro. Bro.
0: Bro.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, like, that's the. I remember, I forget, I think it was 2K17 or 2K18. It was, like, the fall before DR2. Cameron and I were supposed to have an ambulance match. That was the original idea. The game was leaked to have had an ambulance match in it.
0: Oh, we were so excited.
1: We were so excited to be able to do this. And then, like... We find out the week you get the game that it's not in the game and we're just like, oh shit, what are we supposed to do? So then we have to change our whole plan into like something else. It ended up working out but like, you know, shit like that where if you say something's going to be in the game, it should stay in the game. Or it should be in the game. Be a company where you work. Do fucking better. Alrighty, well our question of the week this week So, with the late great Scott Hall's passing We wanted to talk about our favorite moments of him And ask you your favorite moments of Scott Hall Whether it's wrestling matches, scenes, uh, moments you shared with him in person Uh, Tell us your memories of Scott Hall
0: Uh Love the bad guy Huh? You know, you know what my, you know what my, probably my favorite memory of Scott Hall is. It's not one specific one. It's survey time. I used to love that gimmick where he would come out and he would survey the audience: "Are you here to see WCW? Are you here to see the NWO?" Yeah. Get booed out of the arena. Yeah, it's close, but one more for the good guys. <laughs> freaking loved it every
1: Yeah, that that was great. Um, you know, there's so many iconic moments within Scott Hall's career. And, like, honestly, like, dating back to when he was in the AWA with Kurt Henning as the tag team champions, and, like, it's amazing you look at the length of his career that he never really held a world heavyweight championship. Um, You know, the vignettes with the WWF where he was Razor Ramon and, like, the Scarface accent, it was... At the time, seemed so cheesy, and you're just like, "Oh, it's cringy." But like, you look back on it, and you're like, "Man, this is actually pretty good." I mean, he did such a great job. With that. I mean, he he did such a great job, and Vince came up with such a good idea. That was back when Vince had good ideas.
0: Wait, 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 wait. hold on! No, 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 no! You don't know the story about this.
1: The story this about was this... Big,
0: this was a Vince idea. This was this was a Hall idea.
1: Well in the interview that they both gave uh, Vin- basically Hall gave Vince credit for it because basically Vince asked him you know kind of trying to get to know him and feel him feel him out asked him what his favorite movie was and uh, Scott said scarface so you know he's like he did the bad guy thing and he just was like oh that's it that's it they were trying to find him a gimmick that worked because otherwise he was just a guy in the trunks
0: well, uh, I mean, okay, I'm just saying that, like, legitimately Scott Hall is um, responsible for some of the most iconic.
2: Oh, yeah, for st- sure.
0: Stings, uh, whole crow gimmick I'm, wouldn't have existed without... Well,
1: and I, I, I posted a, a TikTok about, like, earlier today asking people the same question, and like, that was one of the ones that came to mind about, like, mo- thing. See, a lot of people just associate it with on-screen moments. Like, Scott's touch, Scott's touched so much of wrestling history. We don't have Sting in terms of, like, Crow Sting. We don't have Hollywood Hulk Hogan. We don't have Hollywood Hulk Hogan or the NWO the way we knew it. Like, you know, Hogan this weekend actually paid homage at his bar down in Clearwater, basically saying, you know, I owe everything to Scott Hall. Like, he resurrected my career because... Let's be frank. Before the, him turning uh, at Bash of the Beach, which is my all-time favorite Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hogan moment. Hogan's career was kind of going down the toilet. He was getting booed out of the arena left and right. People were just sick of the red red meat baby face. Say your prayers and eat your vitamins, brother. People were sick of that shit. That worked in the eighties. It doesn't. It didn't work in the nineties. He revitalized his career, like. It, and then you, you look at all these wrestlers now, and you can see bits of Scott Hall's influence from a character standpoint. You know, even on people like The Rock or, like, Stone Cold and, like, uh, Brock Lesnar. Like, they all borrowed kind of, like, parts of, like, he made being a bad guy cool. And that, that's, he's the first guy to do it. Like, even before Shawn Michaels, he did
0: you know, Austin might have been mad about that match, but he took a hell of a good stunner, man.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's one of my favorite matches he had. Uh, I was watching uh, a match he had with Owen Hart on an episode of Raw the other day. It was uh, shortly before Owen and Brett had their title match. And I believe it's SummerSlam. Um, or Mania, one of the two. I'd have to double-check again. Um, it was just a real... I don't really think I've seen a bad Scott Hall match. He was just such a talented worker.
0: But I mean, I've seen a couple of them in the in the WCW w Thunder Days.
1: Uh, but fair. I didn't get we didn't have that network in my area when when I uh, when I was growing up. So I only saw Nitro.
2: But but
0: um if I'm if I was going to if I was going to pick out a favorite feud of Scott's Oof. to like if I, if I was going to be like hey you should go watch this feud one two three kid
1: that was such like, a good feud John, he did.
0: Sean Walton Xbox would not have a career without Scott Hall he made the one two three kid yeah.
1: he would have had eyebrows too on his action figure if it wasn't for Kurt Henning <laughs> 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 I I had forgotten about it, but like I was looking all-time great pranksters. I I was looking at because I've got uh, the Razor Ramon action figures and like I've got the one two three Kid action figures, and I was looking at like buying the uh, the Hasbro, just to like add to my collection, which by the way, oof, those are expensive these days. But the the the, the card backing shows him with his eyebrows shaved. I didn't know that, but apparently the day before they did or. The morning before they did the photo shoot for the, the stills for Mattel, or for Hasbro, Kurt Henning had shaved his eyebrows off while he was sleeping. Best. You know, and I think the enduring part of Scott's legacy honestly might not even be the wrestling stuff. Like, yeah, him walking through the crowd in Nitro saying, You know who I am. You don't know why I'm here. Very iconic, that moment truly changed the landscape of the business but Scott's defining legacy honestly is his recovery his he overcame incredible odds with his addictions and you know I I was proud to see that growth you know from a fan standpoint somebody that's met Scott in person like it it just seeing his growth you know and and it's all thanks to you know DDP and the, the processes that he went through down there and like DDP yoga saves lives. It does, uh, and it's amazing to me that the recovery he had. You know, it truly proves that if if you if you do the work, it'll pay off. And Scott did the work, and you know, we as dreams come true.
0: Bad times don't last. But bad guys do.
1: Yes. All righty. Well, let us know your favorite Scott Hall moments in the comments and on social media.
0: All right, bro. And it is time for what everybody's been waiting for for several weeks now. We got results. We got results for round two of the E-Fed Elite Tournament.
1: All righty. Uh, this week, since we have so many matches, we're not going to do too many in-depth, uh, things. Uh, but we wanted to go over the results. Um, first and foremost, we want to thank everybody for competing, showing up, and showing out. Uh, our first match, we have Shady Sean McKenzie versus Big Homie. Now, Big Homie was unable to deliver his match promo due to a scheduling conflict. So, Shady Sean McKenzie wins 241 to 134. Uh... Next up, we have Hollywood Watkins versus Xander Shaw in a surprisingly close match. Uh, on paper, these two have been friends, they've been rivals. Uh, it was very, very close. Uh, Hollywood Watkins ends up picking up the win, 281 to Xander Shaw's 267.
0: I, I, want, I want to say something on this one because you, you and I have literally known Xander Shaw since day one. He started in HKW with us and this, Shaw, when, I want you to know that this was some of the best work that I've ever seen you do. You yeah. had a presence and a uh, a confidence that I've never seen out of you, and I hope to see it every time from now on, man. Yeah. You really knocked it out of the park. Good job. <laughs> even even with an L, you, you deserve a hat on the back for this.
1: Yeah, one. you know, it's one of those things you... Pe- you should be super proud of the work you put in, um, and just enjoy you know—enjoy the spotlight, man. You deserve it. Uh, congratulations to, to Watkins and Shady Sean McKenzie for moving on. Uh, Great job, guys. Our, our next match, we have the Alpha Angel Brian Mead versus Dolphins. I thought you were going
0: to maybe wait till, till the very last one to find out what this is. I, uh, I
1: still don't know. I sometimes like to swerve you a little bit, but no, uh, the head judge emailed me the scores all at once. Uh and I'm just doing them in order. <laughs> uh, okay. it has the Alpha Angel Brian Meade defeating Dollface two hundred and eighty eight to two hundred and fifty seven in a in a tight close match.
0: It was, it was good it was it was fun facing Dollface. He's uh someone who I had not gotten to work with before. And I think that's one of the great things about this tournament is getting to work with people that you haven't gotten to work with. Yeah. Before. So thank you, Dollface, for a, a competitive match and then, and uh Best of luck to you and all that you do from here on out. I'll still be watching.
1: Alrighty, And our main event, we have T-Money versus KC Riddle. Uh, these two went back and forth on social media. Um, yeah, uh, T-Money ended up picking up the victory 206 to 189. KC, uh, you should be very proud of your effort. Dollface, very proud as well. You both put on a hell of a show. Um, but congratulations also to T-Money and you, Brian. You both move on to the... Elite Eight, as we'll call it.
0: The elite, elite. <laughs> <laughs> yep. well, uh we got we got two more matches coming up next week for each and every one of you. Um, Rob Roman is going to be in action.
1: Rob Roman versus Ryan Days and Amelia Aris versus John Big Sexy May.
0: Uh, I can't wait. Uh, uh, every time that you he see some of these people perform, it's just like fire. So this is, it's getting into we're getting into it, man.
1: It's only going to get harder from here. Uh, I'm excited for for my match when it happens. Uh, don't know when it's happening yet, but uh, time will tell.
0: I'm sure we do. <laughs> we only got we only got two more matches after that, and in, in, in the early day, I think we all know when when your match is coming down with Crimson Wolf, and I think we're all looking forward that one uh and, and with good reason you guys are both both awesome performers so that'll be fun to watch too
1: yeah uh, i'm excited for it so uh yeah
0: all right ladies and gentlemen well it has been a, a hell of a week uh some happy some sad some irritating but it's been a week here at the professional wrestling world We want to thank everyone of you for coming out listening to us and uh, join us on social media. Find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, TikTok. Hell, come over to our my YouTube and, and subscribe there. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> make sure to go to enforced 2com Use the code SAMS2 greatness to get 20% off of your next order of enforced 2
1: It'll make you H-A-R-D. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Goddamn. All right, Evan. Well, that's going to do it, man. Uh, Until next week, you yourself a good one. And everybody out there, I've been the Alpha Angel. Good night, everybody.
1: All right, and I've been the Wrestling God. See you all next week.